Welcome to Sister Hack. Do you crave candid conversation? And are you curious about how others deal with the details of work, home, family, and everything in between? Well, sisters Hannah and Rachel have conversations about the unspoken dynamics that drive our everyday lives. And we have more in common than you think. So when you listen to Sister Hack, you too can share hacks and laughs that help make this convoluted life a little funnier and a little more clear. So now introducing Hannah and Rachel. We are here with our Uncle Tim, and to introduce you, Uncle Tim, we are going to each say two things about you that we think people should know. Okay. And before we do that, Rachel, um, we we were like, do we call him Uncle Tim? Tim? Do we call you? What? Just like when you're older, as a niece, like you always say, Uncle Tim, or like, are like, are we at Tim level, or are we like? I know that's bad. Semi-professional, do we say Dr. Telesco? Don't do that. Whatever. Okay. I'm fine with Uncle Tim because that's our relationship and okay. it should be highlighted. Should be okay, highlighted. Uncle Tim. Um, okay, so not pastor, not no, don't do reverend. <laughs> okay, Uncle Tim. Okay, so two, two things I think people should know about Uncle Tim. One, he is my godfather, which I love because he is has very strong faith and... Um, to have a godfather with very strong faith is like having God as your father. <laughs> That's a little blasphemous, but no, um, very awesome. Love having him as my godfather. And then also he is a hilarious person. Oh, thank you. People should know how funny you are, Uncle Tim. Maybe, I cracked my, crack my brother up and that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uncle Tom, that is. Uh, yeah, of course, Uncle Tom. Two brothers, don't forget. So Tim, Tim is brothers with our mom, um, Tammy, advisory board member. Um, okay, and I have a couple things to add. Uh, the first is that the reason that we're here today, which is that you are going to be uh, talking to us about inner peace. Um, but you recently published um, a commentary on the Psalms, which. I personally have not read yet, but it is in my, it is in the, the plans. My mom says a lot of great things about it yeah. and says it's kind of one of your life works. Um, True. And so we're very excited to talk to you a little bit about that today. The other is that you live in St. Louis and um, you are a professor at the St. Louis Seminary. Um, recently, I mean, I'll, I'll say recently, it's in the past five years, my husband, Zach, and I came to stay with you. And we ran uh, the rock and roll St. Louis half marathon. And uh, you came with us, me um, on the first time we ran it, we did it twice to the finish line. And Zach, I think he ended up either winning that year or getting second. Second place. Yeah, he got second. Um, but because of his, his placement, we did get to go into a VIP tent area. <laughs> and by the end of that time in the VIP tent, not only were you completely all in for running in general you were coach you were giving him some coaching tips <laughs> i was yeah that's true <laughs> nutrition and coaching all that stuff yeah. nutrition you were yeah, talking whatever. about the mileage i know i remember that mar the marathon winner walked in like he had just come off the street he wasn't even sweating after I had that that was amazing was like, you hey, should have yeah. tripped him because he beat I your nephew i felt like it <laughs> <laughs> okay so to start start off our conversation um 
So our podcast is called Hack Podcast, and we have a series of questions for you that you can answer hack no or hack yes to, just basically like heck no or heck yes. Um, so, so it's up to you if you want to give additional commentary to it. Commentary king, so it's going to be hard for you not to, but um, okay. So this is the, the hack yeses and hack no's of meditation. If it's not quiet, don't try it. Then you decide if it's hack yes or hack no. Hack yes. All right. I think it needs okay. an undistracted mind. Undistracted mind. Oh. Okay. okay. Hack yes or hack no. Having something concrete to consider leads to more productive meditation. Heck yes. Straight up. Your mind Straight needs up. a direction in which to go. Go, Chach. I just lost my... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me go. Hack yes or hack no. A goal of meditation is to struggle or wrestle. Um... Heck yes, I think that that can be a big part of meditation. Not always, but mm -hmm. a big part of it is, and sometimes people are already in that, uh, and meditation can help them, but sometimes, depending on what scripture you're meditating on, bring about a struggle. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think both are possible. Hack in between, one might say. Hack in the middle. Hack maybe. Hack, Hack sometimes. These are good. Um. Hannah, Hannah writes our episodes. It's kind of the bomb. Okay, I have it pulled up here now. <laughs> She's ready. Heck no. Peace of mind leads to physical bodily peace. Oh, I think that's a hack. Yes. Mm. I agree. Have you ever read the body keeps the score? I mean, even outside of the Christian faith, um, uh, that kind of. Uh, connection between your mind and your body is, is very real. I mean, we all know that. You don't have to be a Christian to know that people really strive for a sense of peace uh, in all kinds of ways, and it has physical ramifications. The Lord made us wonderfully and much more mysteriously than we sometimes think. Mm -hmm. Love that. That's why meditation can actually help people with PTSD and all the stuff that goes along with it. Hack yes or hack no, meditation can happen while your body is moving. Oh, hack yes. Very is, that a hack, is that a hack always or? No, not always. I mean, sometimes people want stillness. I think, it, I think we shouldn't try to broad brush different people's practices, but, but find something that fits. So a lot of people, I mean, I know a lot of students who will put their headphones on and um, listen to something that helps them meditate, listen to devotion, listen to scripture while they're walking or mm -hmm. um, exercising or something like that in some way. Uh, that's not my personal thing, uh, but that's a lot of people. But you are an avid exerciser from what I know I about know. you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in mixing uh, anything else. You know. Mixing practices. <laughs> I don't mix practices. That's a good way to put it. I don't like it when guys take uh, bring their... Um, uh, dogmatics and walk on the treadmill while they're reading. It's like, oh, oh. yeah, no. That's can't do either one well. See what happens to me is you can't do either one well. 
mean, I think the, the listening is possible because uh, the walking or whatever can actually help you concentrate. But the other thing, I don't, I just don't think the other thing is good practice. That for me is like doodling in high school helped me concentrate. Yeah, something, see, there you go. Nice. That was a meditate, meditative practice, little did you know. That's yeah. true. There you go. All right, Hannah, start us off with this conversation question. All right, we have some some broader questions that you can elaborate on a little bit more. So everyone who has any contact with St. Louis and is even remotely connected to the LCMS, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, seems to know you and love you. Um, <laughs> and you are my number one name drop, to be honest. I, oh, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. I, wow. I, I, I say, oh, do you know my uncle, Uncle Tim, Tim Slesk? Have you ever heard? Tim's less, they're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you um, guys are such liars, but okay. No, I, I've, I've done it twice today. <laughs> a lot of people know you for um, your signature word, shalom, um, which I believe means peace in Hebrew, but you can tell us more about it. Talk to Talk to us about the definition and why you so frequently use that term. Oh, okay, very good. So I got into the habit when I went to Hebrew Union College uh, because that's just the common uh, greeting you know, how are you? Shalom. Shalom Lecha, how are you? Um, and um, so I really liked it. So yeah, you're right. I sign every text. My kids are always tease me. He goes, how you doing? Shalom. I'm fine. Shalom. So I always end everything with shalom, shalom. So it's always there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love that you I, do that. Yeah, I do all with all my emails too. It's just the thing, I think. But I, I think the reason I do it, I, I really love the word and the concept of peace is, is, should be, I, I think, understood holistically, mm -hmm. um, not just kind of mental, but it's a whole sense of well-being, you know, your whole, so it's a kind of very physical word too, you know, we all have had these moments, and if we're fortunate, if the Lord blesses us, a lot of moments of this sense of well-being, I kind of liken it to, here's this incident, my, kind of one of my greatest moments of when I understood this was actually at um, the reception my, of Jojo, my youngest daughter and Chris, mm -hmm. um, because if you guys remember that, I don't know, you guys were both there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, the venue was awesome, right? The weather was beautiful. Everyone was having a great time in Coburg at the reception. And I was sitting kind of towards later in the evening, sitting at the table, kind of just watching everyone in this great sense of, oh, this is how it's supposed to be um, at the period of the resurrection where everyone is just mm. kind of free and, and rejoicing in this moment. They're enjoying each other's fellowship. You know, that was, that evening was the last time I saw dad alive, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I may not remember that, but I, I remember, so I have this moment of saying goodbye to them both in the parking lot before they left late that night. And, um, but before that, it was this time of, oh, this is, how, and I just realized how Lord had blessed me because she's our youngest daughter and mm -hmm. how um, the other kids had such great spouses and families and mm -hmm. just kind of those many blessings. And so I, if you ask me to put skin and bones on what peace means, it would be that kind of experience. But it can happen simply around a dinner table when you're having a great time with people or when you're kind of enjoying other people's. I mean, I normally see it not in an individual sense, but in a community or relationship sense, I think that's when I personally get a sense of that 
the most. I mean, like mm -hmm. today outside is beautiful outside. And um, I had that sense with uh, just, I had to mow the grass today because it's 90 degrees um, and it was getting big because we were in Savannah last week. But so I kind of look for those moments and, and try to experience them like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I kind of think of quotes, peace. Mm. <clears throat> I think we get I, an interview. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I, I just said, I think we'd end the interview after that. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I feel like I could fall asleep listening to you talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a bad thing. <laughs> um, so your bio states, Uncle Tim, that you're particularly interested in the book of Psalms, namely how Christians read and meditate on the Psalms and the history of the Psalms interpretation in the church. You recently published the extensive commentary on the book of Psalms that we talked about before. Um, many find the writing process to be isolating and at times tedious and repetitive, but other times inspired. How did the writing process align with the actual content of your commentary? Ooh, what a great question. Um, so the writing process, I think your, your comments are apt for me. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it's, I, it was isolating um, because it takes kind of an isolation to do that kind of work, kind of a detailed work. I think that I always tried, so I have this thing that I tell my students a lot, that unless the text is influencing you, you're not going to be able to preach an authentic sermon or talk mm -hmm. about that text or speak that text into the life of people. If you're always thinking about the text as for someone else. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, the practice of letting the text influence you is part of how I start to define meditation, what it means to meditate. And so I had to learn to do that with the Psalms added to the burden of now I have to write a coherent, um, a coherent description of my experience with the Psalms. So I just tell people like, for example, in a sermon, if the text is influencing you, then that's, it's the experience of that that you wanna bring into the pulpit. Here's how the text worked on me this week. Here's what I came, here's how I was changed by the text. The writing, so in the process of writing, I wanted to write a commentary. I mean, Hannah, when you, if you ever get a chance to see it, you'll see it's different than most commentaries in that it's not, it's, I, I try to give a description of my experience of reading the Psalm. Here's what the Psalm did to me. Here's the questions I have about it. And, and in the first part, there's kind of two parts to that. And then the second part is how do I read this Psalm in the light of uh, Jesus and who I am as a Christian, my relationship to him. So that the second part is more devotional. So the process of writing was being able to read myself what was happening to me as I was reading the psalm. As oh, much wow. as reading the text, you have to actually, hey, am I confused here? Am I identifying with the experience of the speaker? Am I pushing against it? Do I have faith like this speaker? What, did, what would my life look like if I actually believe what the speaker was saying? Where do I see God in the psalm? Sometimes God is transcendent. Sometimes he's very imminent. Sometimes he's pictured as a shepherd, right? Uh, other times pictured as this fierce warrior. So those two different perspectives. Why does, how do you make sense of that? Or how do you understand your own faith and your own relationship to God in light of those images? So it's, those are the kinds of questions I ask myself. 
you know, just knowing the nature of the Psalms and then the nature of the writing process and how those two things can come together. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it was at times frustrating, but probably a lot of times enlightening. Yeah, uh, no, it was right. You had those all moments when things kind of fit together and it was like, Oh, that's great. Okay. That's the thing that kept me going really. Totally. Okay. Uncle Tim, as our world is waking back up from COVID um, in terms of socialization and busyness, what parts of 2020 might actually serve as peace promoting tools in 2021? Oh, um, let's see here. Um, I think, oh, that's a tough question because the I think the experience of people were so varied. Um, I think that uh, here's one thing that Diane and I took the um, deeper appreciation of family when you can't see them. You know, I couldn't see my two of my kids for uh, over a year and grandkids. And so I think a lot of people, and I'm including this, have a deeper appreciation of some of the simple things in life, like, hey, let's go out to eat tonight. Let's go to this restaurant and just kind of enjoy that. Um, hey, we can get together freely now. I mean, you know, you take all those kinds of things for granted until they're taken away. And you find out how much as a human being, you need, I need those kinds of relationships. You know, we, we didn't have a basketball season. We didn't have an intramural season. Our students, a lot of them suffered a lot um, because the new ones coming in uh, had to be masked all the time, you know, and then they didn't get to know the other classes and um, all the activities and group kind of like Oktoberfest and Springfest and intramural sports and just hanging out in the cafeteria, all that stuff was gone. I mean, that's, that's rugged when you're a, a student. For us, it's in their 20s, most of them. And, um, so I really began to appreciate that. Um, yeah, and then, you know, my wife, both her mom and dad died this past year, Diane's, and she really went through a tough year with that, struggles with that. And so, again, to appreciate the blessings of kind of life and health and to enjoy um, the time that the Lord's given us here on, on earth. Those are things I would take with me. Mm -hmm. We have, um, we like to talk to our interviewees about areas of expertise that might help some of our listeners. And so we have a couple of questions. Um, we call them, if you could give hacks for these areas for our mm -hmm. listeners, because we consider you an expert in these things. Um, one that I think would be particularly helpful to folks listening would be any hacks you have for physical and mental sharpness maintenance. Ooh, well, yeah, you can, I could talk all day about this. <laughs> um, don't mix the two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so I do think obviously physical movement is very important. I do think that, uh, as you guys know, I'm not a distance runner. I'm much more into weightlifting and sprints and playing basketball and softball and cycling and things like that. I do think weight bearing exercises, especially as you age, are more important. And again, this is personal preference. Um, I'm not offending anyone, don't worry. long distance, yeah. Um, so I really enjoy it because most of those, a lot of the stuff I do then 
you know, you get to talk in the weight room and when you're on the basketball court and on the soccer field and all those kinds of things. So that's kind of my way to do that. I think that I also have these mantras. When you get older, you have to walk steps more, not less. Um, you have to drink less, not more. You have to get more sleep, not less. Um, you have to carry heavy stuff more, not less. Mm. Um, so there's, a, so I have a bunch of those kind of dichotomies mm. that uh, I always keep in mind. So you need to park farther from the grocery store, not closer. Mm. Uh, oh, I love Ooh, that's that. a good, that's practical. So, uh, they should put yeah, like so elderly parking, like way in the back. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And Diane, so you have to make a special path for them. <laughs> it makes no sense driving around 10 minutes to find a park place that's 20 yards closer than this one. That's true. That's 100%. So Talk I, about not peace. That yeah, is not peaceful. It's not going to give you peace. Yeah. Okay, what about a hack? You teach Hebrew. What about a hack for learning a new language? So the thing would be uh, constant uh, small exposures and spaced learning. In other words, uh, you know, especially for vocabulary, they have a lot of uh, vocab cards to go through. A lot of guys, what they do is cram for an exam. You know, don't study, but what you need to do is small amounts kind of constantly. And then space learning means you kind of go through some things and then put it aside for a while and then come back. And there's kind of a rhythm to doing that. I think once you learn the basics of a language, then what you really need to do is read texts. So I always advise mm -hmm. to pick a simple text like the book of Genesis, start reading. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you do one verse a day or two verses, just do something every day. Mm -hmm. Same with New Testament and Greek. I majored mm -hmm. in Greek, so Greek was my first love. So, so Greek is your major, but then you have your PhD in Hebrew. So, actually, I have more Greek than Hebrew in my PhD, but I had uh, a lot of Hebrew. I mean, it, the Hebrew didn't require a lot of coursework. So, okay. uh, obviously, I took a lot of classes in Hebrew, but more in Greek. Mm. Uh, I took graduate classes in. Uh, at the classics department at the University of Cincinnati because it's across the, the street from Hebrew Union College. So we, they had a kind of an agreement. So spent a lot of time in the classics library there. But yeah, since I've taught here at the SEM and teach Old Testament, uh, I've focused much more on Hebrew. Almost yep. amazing. Um, okay, yeah. this is a good one. We, a lot of people need to know this and you're the expert. Hack for finding the perfect cup of coffee. Oh. <laughs> Go to a place that has pour overs, try one of their pour overs mm. and you will be converted. <laughs> converted. Converted to good coffee, not stinky coffee. I'm in a crusade against bad American coffee because they charge <laughs> out the wazoo for terrible coffee. Any okay. diner in the United States. And then they call it good coffee. It's yeah. unconscionable. It's a crime. It's criminal. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have this you go to Europe, it's totally different, you know. Um, this one's gonna really get you going. Okay. More than coffee? That's hard to believe. Hack for surviving a kidney stone. Oh, drink. You got the dirt a, on you. You did. That was the most painful thing ever. Drink as tell? much. Drink water constantly. I get up and drink about five glasses of water. Uh, right, right from the start, man. Boom, boom. So prevent it. Prevent it is the way to survive it. Prevent it. Yeah. I mean, surviving it, you're just hoping the Lord takes you. <laughs> well, seriously, it's like, Lord, this would be a really good time to come because I can't stand it. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. 
Okay, oh, yeah. this is the last hack before our final little fun section. Um, you are the basketball coach at the seminary. You have been for a long time. You mentioned it. Uh, what's your hack for recruiting and coaching a bunch of future pastors? Oh, I uh, actually, um, that's a very good question. I'm a serious question, actually, because a lot of guys, less and less now because of the classes and the demographics. But when I first started, guys who had played, didn't want to play anymore because they had lost their life for the game. And the reason they did was because they had coaches that just screamed at them. They got tired of all that. So one of the things I do to encourage guys to play is say, hey, come on. You know, we don't, if you have to miss practice because of classes or homework or family, you know, most of the guys are married. They have other obligations. Do it. And so there are a number of guys that played at high level four years of college said their best experience was playing basketball. Why? Because I gave him the freedom. And one guy in particular, I'll never forget this. He said he felt back in love with this game that he had grown. I mean, he loved it as a young guy. And so he captured that. And I think that's what sports are all about. Mm-hmm. Guys aren't out there trying to mess, trying to miss shots, trying to make bad passes. They're out there because they love to play the game. So when you have this kind of negative reinforcement and screaming mm-hmm. at people, and they're trying to do the best, you know, 9.9% of the time, it's counterproductive. And it takes away what makes a player great is love. All the great athletes, why are they so They couldn't live without this. They love it. I mean, you know, you talk to, I mean, those guys had a thousand shots per game, having shot a thousand since they were seven years old. Why? Because, man, there's nothing better. Mm. Now we see why he was giving Zach those coaching tips. Yeah. All of a sudden, I want to go join a women's get some shots up. Get some, get a thousand. Get a thousand. Get a thousand. Hey, well, your brother was like that, wasn't he, Andrew? You couldn't keep him off the. Oh yeah. 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 He still, he still, he still shoots to stay in shape. Um, courting new career goals. Episode. <laughs> you know what? You can listen to him on this on this here podcast. Oh, really? We'll send you the link. Oh, I okay, we like we like to end with hashtags, um, just kind of summarizing our time together. That you know about hashtags, Uncle Tim. It's kind of like a barely. I stay off social media, by the way. Yeah. I'm not on oh, good media. for you. Yeah. Ugh, you I watch. No wonder, no wonder you have so much inner peace. <laughs> I watched the social dilemma this fall. Yeah. And immediately oh, yeah. What a- even, even though people tried to diss it, it was like I don't need this in my life. There's yeah, a number 100%. of students who said, I'm off Facebook. Yeah, I'm happier oh. for it. Wow, mad respect, truly. That does. Our hashtags are more of like puns, but we put them in hashtags. So we mm-hmm. kind of go back and forth. And they're based off of the episode. So we do them spontaneously in the moment. Mm-hmm. So my first one comes from your description of Shalom. You talked about the, the um, foundation of it. So hashtag Shalom Bones. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's very nice. Shalombo. You guys are creative. Holy Get in bones. I'm very um, impressed by you guys, by the way. These are great questions. They're awesome. Oh, thanks. Very okay. impressive. Hannah's the question writer. Uh, the props. You're the spiritual uh, strength the spirit. behind this. So. Yeah. Um, I know people don't really call you Timmy, but um, if they did, you could go by hashtag it's all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh, that's that's in, that's great. I'll send okay. that to your kids. My my next one comes from your description of um, 
finding peace. And you said that it happens a lot with around people or in the community. So hashtag communa peace. <laughs> you like the merge words. I do. I like to merge them. I did all mergers this time. I think we could start a revolution. This isn't really like rhyme or anything, but I think we should tell people hashtag say to dogmatics on the tread. <laughs> I like it. And my final one is for all of us coming out of COVID and finding joy back in some of the little things. Hashtag deep appreciation nation. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. I got one more on Timmy. Um, you said you're more or less state. You had your more Timmy, or less. Really Timmy, you really struck a chord um, with your more or less <laughs> statements. Dichotomies. 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 Wow, okay. that's really good too. Jeez. Yeah, just a thought. Well, that's all we have for you, Tim. We're that's so great. grateful that you came on yeah. the podcast. We know you mentioned her a few times, jo- Jojo. She's a she's a hackhead. She listens. Oh, good. Your daughter. Gotta get the messages on them. My younger daughter, my oldest, Becky, and Josh. I better get a shout out to all of them. So I treat them. Give a shout out. Yeah. Give a shout out, Becky, Josh, Joe, the in-laws. All right. Well, thanks again and shalom. Shalom, my God. Take care, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sister Hack. For podcast news and updates and some awesome pictures, be sure to follow Hannah and Rachel on Instagram by following at Sister Hack Podcast.